Good morning. Uh, today we're going to begin a new sermon series called Ruthless Trust. It's based on this book uh, that was written by Brennan Manning. And uh, it was, this is a, a really old book of mine, and I've read through it multiple times. It, it had a huge impact on me early on in my faith. And um, it's one of, these, one of these books that every time I read it, it allows me to experience some grace. And it really challenges me as a follower of Christ. And so as we're wrapping up, I know it's uh, just now September, but you know, in, in, uh, in the church calendar, we're starting to look now towards, towards the end of the year already, looking towards Advent and things. And so as we, this year, our theme has been to, um, to explore what it means when Jesus says that, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And what does it mean for us to be children of God and to be peacemakers? And so this sermon series, we're going to be looking at this book by Brennan Manning called Ruthless Trust. And then um, the next sermon series also is going to be um, from a book that Brennan Manning wrote called um, Abba's Child. And we're not going to obviously go through the entire book. We're just going to sort of hit on a couple things. So I would encourage you if, to, to go out and get your hands on copies of these books. I think they're both still available on Amazon. And they're both really good books to read in. And hopefully during the sermon series and through the reading of the book that you too will have an opportunity to experience grace in the same way that I have um, with my multiple readings of these books. So anyway, uh, this morning as we begin our sermon series, we're going to be reading from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be able to to gather together, even remotely, and to worship you, to sing your praises, and, and to turn to you in prayer together, and now to, to turn to you as we reflect on your scriptures. We thank you for the saints that have gone before us, who have taken the time to reflect on what it means to them to call you God and to think of themselves as your people. And today, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're spending time to reflect on what does it mean to say that you are our God and we are your people. So hide me behind your cross this morning. Let us experience your grace and your peace, your love, your joy, your justice and your righteousness. And that through the experience of you, 
we might be transformed into the people that you've called and created us to be. We pray all this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Have you ever, have you ever been asked by somebody, are you, are you saved? Or have you ever been asked, um, I remember one time I was in a parking lot. I was walking into the store and this well-meaning person, she stopped me. And she said, if you were to die today, do you know where you would go? I, I know we've seen billboards like that. You've probably seen flyers like that. Um, you know, little, little uh, tracks. But have you ever been asked that? And what was your response when you were asked that question? I know for a lot of people, they'll say stuff like, boy, I, sh I hope so. Um, or, you know, God willing, or, or something like that. And, and the fact of the matter is, as Christians, as people who believe the message of Jesus Christ and, and believe what he taught and, and what he lived, as people who profess to have a relationship with Jesus, our answer to that question should be a resounding yes. Yeah, I know that for the rest of my life, um, even beyond death, I'm going to have an opportunity to spend eternity with God and with Christ. And and I, I think that the reason that we always sort of hedge our bets, it could be a couple of reasons, right? One, it could be we don't want to appear arrogant, we don't want to seem crazy. But I think that there's still this little bit of us that, that for some reason we think the, what's important is, is that we get all the answers right, that we have, that we've lived a, a, a good life. And there's still this little bit of us that thinks, you know, I, ho I hope so. I hope so. And... One of the things that I'd like for us to explore is, is, is our relationship with a person or is our relationship with knowledge about a person? So many of you know that I spent the early portion of my adulthood as an agnostic. I had grown up in a Christian home and early on, like about, uh, I'd say I was around the age of 15, maybe 16, I began to really question what I had been taught and I began to look at um, different religions and things like that, and I, and I drew the conclusion, I'm giving you the real short version of this, but I, I came to the conclusion that, that um, no religion actually understood or, or had this relationship with God that they all seemed to claim to have in one form or another. So I just, I never gave up belief in God, but I did give up sort of um, a belief in any particular religion or their teaching about God. And I lived that way, like I said, for quite a bit of my early adulthood. And then I had this moment in my garage. It was, oh, I don't remember exactly the year anymore. But Denise and I were married. We had moved to Tennessee at this point. And it was a Saturday, and I was cleaning out my garage. And I remember um, I was listening to some music. And we had, we had visited a church a couple times at this point. And so I was, I was starting to think more about God again. Um, I was I was spending time like exploring what do I believe, and just enjoying really the relationship that I had with the people at that church, that growing relationship that I had. And I remember all of a sudden I just became overwhelmed with the realization, the sense that that God through Jesus Christ loved me more than I could possibly imagine, more than I could even that I could that I could possibly comprehend, and that 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 God wanted to, so desperately, wanted to have a relationship with, with me, right? It was very personal at this moment, with me, that he was willing to go all the way 
to a cross to die for me. And the lengths that this God, the, the creator of all things, was willing to go for me. And I lost it. I began to cry. I fell to my knees and I just sobbed and I prayed to the best of my ability. And I just, I just you know, thanked God for the love that I was experiencing that moment. Denise even came out of the house. It was one of those that the garage is attached to the house. She came out, she could hear me crying. She came out, she was like, are you all right? And I said, you know, I think I'm better than I've been in a really long time. So anyway, I, I fell madly in love with God, who I began to understand was madly in love with me. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about God. I began to think about the relationship that I had with Denise and and how did that relationship grow? Because I, I really wanted my relationship with this God to grow deeper. I wanted to, I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about, about this God that I fall madly in love with. And, and I thought to myself, well, you know, when I first got to know Denise and when I first fell in love with Denise, I wanted to know as much about her as I possibly could. And I remember like I would visit her family and I would ask them questions about what was Denise like when she was younger. And, and I remember going through photo albums and, and hearing stories. And I just loved hearing the stories and, and seeing the pictures. And then she spent a semester, we were in college at the time, and she spent a semester living in Costa Rica. And she would write me these letters. Of course, this is long before the days of sending each other emails or um, you know just picking up your cell phone and texting one another. Neither one of us had cell phones at the time, and, uh, and I'm not even sure anybody had cell phones, but I digress. So anyway, so she would write me these letters, and I would get the letters, and I would read them over and over and over again until the paper was so soft it almost fell apart, and I had to carefully fold them back together. And I kept a shoebox just full of these letters that she would send me, and the letters were precious to me. And, and I would read them um, just to feel close to Denise. And so I thought, you know, maybe I should do the same thing with God. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with God. And so I began to think to myself, where can I go? What can I do to learn as much as I possibly can about this God that I'm madly in love with and that's madly in love with me? And so at this point, um, I started to go to, to Bible studies. I started going to Sunday school class. Uh, we ended up going to a, another church and, and where we got even more involved. And I began to have these conversations about things like uh, the difference between justification and sanctification. And, and I began to realize, like, I wasn't getting enough in, in the Bible studies, in the Sunday school classes that I, was, that I was participating in. And not only that, now, because I've shown such an interest, they've got me leading Sunday school classes. And, and I felt completely ill-equipped to do that. And so I, I still I had this hunger to learn more about this God, to draw closer to this God. And so I started thinking to myself, where can I do that? Like, where do you go? What do you do to learn more about God? Even deeper than, than what you get in church. And I decided seminary. Now, I didn't know anything about seminary at the time. I just knew that, that, that's, that that's where you went. And so I began to do some research. And I ended up taking, this is a Cliff Notes version, I get it. But I ended up taking a job at a church because it would allow me to go to seminary. And I began to go to seminary, and I began to learn, and I just began to soak up as much as I possibly could. Um, I, I not only was now studying the Bible, but I was studying the theologians that had come before us, 
and what they had to say about the Bible. I was learning about church history. I was learning about um, the, the Jewish culture. I was learning about the Greco-Roman culture. I was learning about all of these different things. But at some point, and I, I can't put my finger on it, but what happened was my faith became more about my knowledge than it was about my relationship with God. It, my, my faith became more about, um, it, it went from ha I went from having a relationship with a person to having a relationship with knowledge about that person. And I became enamored not with God, but with what I could learn about God, what I knew about God. And I began to just, more than anything, love the theological conversations about God and be God and 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 eventually my faith turned into this thing where it was um, theoretical debates about theoretical debates about theological topics and and so I had to I had taken this journey right from not believing to trusting in this love of God. I, I began to trust. And that's why, I, that's why I fell madly in love with God. I began to trust God. And, and, then I, and then I went to knowing. And then at some point I, ha I realized that I had, to, I had to go back into the obscure. Before I, before I really began to understand what it meant for me to have a relationship with God. And I continue to sort of push myself back towards the obscure instead of the concrete. I know I've shared the story before about I was doing a, a real in-depth study a few years ago here um, at Grace. And I reached a point where I had, I had run down this rabbit hole of theological reflection and, and challenged myself with, with, with existentialism and all this kind of stuff. And, and I walked out of the office just so I could proclaim to the rest of the staff that I no longer know what I believe, but I believe in the love of Jesus. And I think that maybe that's one of the healthiest places that we can actually find ourselves. See, unwavering trust is a rare and precious thing because it, it often demands a degree of courage that borders on the heroic. It flies in the face of what we know and causes us to give up trusting in our own understanding. The, the way of trust is a movement into obscurity, into the undefined, into ambiguity, not into some predetermined, clearly delineated path for the future. The way of trust is a movement into obscurity, into the undefined, into the ambiguity, because that's actually what faith is. If we have it all figured out, there's no point in having faith. We're not called to a relationship with knowledge about a person. 
We're called into a relationship with a person. That person is Jesus Christ. I began to follow Jesus, not because of what I knew about Jesus, but because I trusted in the love of God that I experienced through Jesus in my garage that day. But at some point, I fell into this trap that obscured the face of God, of Jesus. You see, being a follower of Christ is not about gaining more insights. It's about trusting what we have received. So in his book, the book I mentioned, this this Ruthless Trust book, in his book, Brennan Manning suggests that the splendor of a human heart which trusts that it is loved gives gives God more pleasure than anything else in the world. Trust, this trust that we would place in God. This this willingness to set set down our own knowing and embrace the unknown means that we don't have to worry about being right or being wrong. We simply have the opportunity to enjoy the relationship that we have with Christ. We don't have to worry about about whether or not other people are doing right or they're doing wrong. We simply have an opportunity to enter into a loving relationship with them because of the loving relationship we have with Christ. We should be reading our Bibles and studying, not so that we can somehow begin to be people that have all of this great knowledge, but so that we can learn more about the one that loves us. What we're seeking is not the knowledge. What we're seeking is to understand the one that we love. I didn't read the letters from Denise so that I could try to figure out like more about Costa Rica or so that I could try to begin to explore her motivation for going to Costa Rica or, mo- or, or uh, whatever. I I read those letters faithfully simply because I wanted to hear her voice. Because I longed to be with her. Trust is our gift that we get to give back to God. And he finds it so enchanting that Jesus died for the love of it. So the question as we begin this sermon series is this. Do we trust God? Or do we trust the knowledge we have accumulated about God? Amen.